gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life Cause I can't stop the walk Good afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. My co-host, Patricia Negron, will cover world news today and tell us about the explosive developments between Saudi Arabia and Turkey, signaling a massive fracture in long-standing Mideast alliances, and she will also give us the latest news on Syria and Israel and Yemen today. Um, and then we're going to discuss the methods of genocide taking place in the United States, including the forced vaccination of children with poisonous vaccines that include mercury, aluminum, formaldehyde, and tissue from aborted babies. A harmful vaccine, mandatory vaccine schedule for children in the U.S. has led to an autism epidemic all across the country. We have all been lied to by the CDC, and our children's health is being destroyed by corporate greed and fraudulent science. In the U.S. today, we have more one-day infant deaths than any other industrialized nation in the world. And experts attribute this in large part to vaccines that infants get starting on their first day of life. No more can we go off of doctors' opinions on vaccines because they are taught the same parroted false information propagated by the CDC. And we cannot trust the mainstream media to give us unbiased news because the pharmaceutical industry's money is tied to all of them. The documentary Vaxxed confirmed everything I already knew about my research of the profiteering vaccine industry. I started investigating the link between vaccines and the autism epidemic in late 2003, and I wrote many articles and reports on my findings. The CDC has never conducted any studies comparing children who received a vaccine versus children who have never received a vaccine. They have not compared a single vaccine on the vaccine schedule to children who do not receive a vaccine. The CDC has never studied the adverse effects of combining so many vaccines and giving them to infants, sometimes with four shots in one office visit. Vaxxed only looked at the MMR vaccine. But to think about how many vaccines have been studied, have never been studied, the MMR vaccine causes autism, but who's to say that all the other vaccines do not cause autism as well? So Trish and I are also going to cover the high cost of health care in the United States and the horrible results that patients receive from it. And we'll also discuss the many drugs that are being prescribed to pregnant women that are causing birth defects left, right, and center here in the United States. So I'll bring Trish on now, and we'll get started. She'll give us the latest news on the uh, world news, and then we'll go on to the vaccines. Welcome to the show, Trish. Hi, Evelyn. It's great to be back finally. <laughs> yes, yes. All the trouble we've forward. had. But... Yeah, yeah, I think it's been four weeks we've been going to cover this stuff, and, and they mess with our, my phone constantly, you know. Finally, right. I went out and bought a track phone, and we'll try to use that today. So tell well, us what's going you know, on in the I world, Trish. This, oh. this is, I mean, the, the amount of um, truth that's getting out there explains, like, the incredible censorship. So that's the good news. I mean, you know, we saw... Um, these recent developments with uh, the Saudi assassination of Jamal Khashoggi um, could not be contained in the way that 
the Trump administration would have wanted. And it really it created enough of a crack in that veneer of the war on terror and this nonsense about um, having these enemies all over the Mideast is really falling apart. And it seems until now, Turkey has been uh, riding the fence, trying to balance its very precarious position as a key. Turkey is in a key geographical position regarding the Silk Road trade route, which is what all of these wars are about, is controlling that trade. And it's not the legitimate trade that normally occurs between nations. The idea is to control the illicit trade along that route, which is by far more profitable. And that includes the traditional, you know, weapons, drugs, humans, organs, and, you know, Children. anything illicit. Uranium, um, the Uranium One um, story is all about that. It's about creating these rat lines where these illegal materials can be shipped around the world. And so Turkey has been in this, and where Istanbul is, uh, is where the Silk Road trade route meets from the east going west into Europe. And so Europe has been extremely dependent on Iranian oil and trade with Iran for decades. And these unilateral U.S. uh, sanctions against Iran have put many European countries, which are our allies in the Mideast, fighting these fake wars, cannot afford to lose that trade. And so they're scrambling for uh, ways around which to, um, to get to get around ways to get around those sanctions. And now in Syria, as the West is losing that war and Syria together with um, Russia, some troops from China, as well as active participation and help from um, Hezbollah and Iran and some local tribes has been taking back a lot of territory. And in recent weeks, uh, let's see, Turkey hosted a multilateral meeting with Russia, Germany, and France to talk about the situation in Syria. This was especially significant because the U.S. was not invited. And Russia and, I mean, excuse me, France and Germany are both U.S. allies. So the idea that this meeting took place with regard to Syria without the U.S. is very significant. And it was just after that meeting it was maybe two weeks ago where Turkey started showing some signs of moving more decisively to ally with Russia and Syria against the terrorists brought into Syria by the Western allies. And um, the U.S. has uh, abandoned a number of these terrorist groups who are left, you know, these are not Syrians. There was never a Syrian civil war. These were people right. who were trucked into Syria by the CIA 
from Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, um, all, all these countries outside of Syria, and now they've been abandoned. They're not only not, um, they don't have anyone to protect them, which the U.S. said, if Syria moves against them now, they won't get U.S. protection. They're not getting paid, and they're out of their country. So now Hezbollah, which, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of mainstream press about Hezbollah being a terrorist group that is, you know, yet another false narrative to justify aggression in Iran. And um, Iran has made no threats against the U.S. and does not have, there's no evidence whatsoever that Iran has nuclear weapons. But um, Iran has been helping Syria fight off the terrorists by Syria's invitation inside the country. Well, Hezbollah is working along with Iran, and what they've done now that the U.S. has abandoned all of these um, fighters that they brought into the country have been recruited. Hezbollah has offered them a paycheck if they will help fight the remaining terrorists inside Syria. This oh, really? So they'll be, turn our terrorist-funded group, that we fund all these terrorist groups that are destroying exactly. these countries all over the and globe. So this and so now, now they're going to turn around and make a deal to fight. Oh, Jesus, this is so insane. Go yes. ahead, Trish, I'm sorry. <laughs> what a mess, right? It's, it's oh. a total shit show, to say the least. And um, meanwhile, the U.S. Marines are being pimped out by these boardroom generals and dodge, um, draft-dodging cabinet members to train and protect ISIS inside Syria. There's also, really? in, uh, in the last few weeks, there was evidence that one of the terrorist groups brought in um, a dozen or more canisters of chlorine and other chemicals to, I believe it's the Idlib area, um, and then shortly thereafter, they were caught filming, the white helmets were caught filming a, a staged chemical attack where they were recruiting locals who then, it, it, which is how we found out about it, were the locals who were being recruited to act in these um, this staged attack got word back that uh, this was being done. And so now we're expecting something to occur in an attempt to justify additional military aggression in Syria. So, um, so you know, now... Our, our order-following troops are going to rot in hell or commit this oh, genocide God. all over the globe. Well, and the whole, the whole boot camp, like, training process is an indoctrination process. They are completely brainwashed. And they have, I saw an interview, you know, you've seen, I'm sure, Evelyn, that we have these massive NATO exercises going on in Norway now threatening Russia. And oh, really? um, it's called Operation Trident. Well, um, the, their RT network interviewed a number of American troops who are there as part of those exercises, and they yeah. could not verbalize for the life of them what the hell they were doing there and why there was any threat 
you know, there, there's somehow a threat to us all the way over there. <laughs> right, like, right, right. How does I mean, that this work? is so bizarre. So they, they couldn't, these troops couldn't even tell what the hell they were doing there in Syria. No, no idea. Oh. No idea what they're, what they're there for. And so. Well, they're mind it, control, you know, but they're not stupid. I mean, it's all over the internet what we are doing, what these troops are doing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a it's a massive programming effort that's been underway for generations. I mean, you know, U.S. Marine Major General Smedley Butler almost 100 years ago talked about how, you know, he the most decorated um, soldier in U.S. history at that time said that he he realized at the end of his career that he was nothing but a pawn for the wealthy to plunder and exploit the poor around the world. And so, you know, it, it's just that powerful. And steal their resources. We know that. Go into these countries. This is the sole reason we go in there and kill everybody to steal the resources. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. used to hide it. Not anymore. Right. They just do it right out in the open now, and our troops participating in this. They know what's going on. They might be mind-controlled, but it's all over the Internet what the U.S. is doing all over the globe. And they're participating in this. They are going to rot in hell for taking part in this. Well, and you see that it's incredibly partisan, too, because if you look, you know, at sort of the the mindset of, um, you know, many people who voted for Trump were among the original movement toward you know, truth, right, and combating fake news. But these are the same people who are now buying the nonsense about Iran and Venezuela. I see people, even in our own research group, Evelyn, who who know about these psyops, still buying into the nonsense in Venezuela, despite the fact that Mike Pompeo, the head of the CIA, at, I think he was still at that time, or he may have already become Secretary of um, state or uh, whatever his position is now, openly announced that the U.S. would be initiating covert operations in Venezuela last July with the express goal of overthrowing the government. Now, why would that be? We learn only weeks later that Venezuela has had decided to no longer sell U.S. Or their oil in U.S. dollars which has been the default currency for 50 years now, that all oil is traded in U.S. dollars. And that is a direct challenge to the hegemony of the U.S. dollar. Well, at the, so all of a sudden, there's a problem in Venezuela once they want to stop trading their oil in U.S. dollars. Meanwhile, they have some of the largest reserves in the world. I mean, that right. was... Well, yep. then, it also turns out that Venezuela has some of the largest gold reserves in the world. Oh, they do? Well, oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I did not oh. either until just the other day. Mm-hmm. Well, So Hillary's you know, brother's probably down there getting the gold mines lined up. Yep. I, I mean, that was the exact same thing we saw play out in Libya. We saw it play out in Iraq yep. and Afghanistan. Haiti. It is the same exact scenario and these people who are 
who should know better are still buying that socialism bullshit. It, it has nothing to do with socialism. It has to do with economic terrorism by the U.S. That is the only thing behind that. And and then, you know, you look, look at South Africa. You know, people are buying into that nonsense, too. It is widely published that a billionaire family paid a British PR firm to incite racial violence in South Africa. The, the agency that was hired was even, um, was, uh, they were kicked out of their industry trade group as a result of this, and the founder quit over this um, contract. I mean, we know for a fact it exists. So and yet and these people know that George Soros or or some billionaire is behind the caravan coming to the southern border. Yet in their mind they are able to compartmentalize this in a partisan way, which is exactly what is wrong with American politics. I mean, you know, and that's how we get caught in these quagmires abroad. So that you know, and so as all of this is playing out in Syria, go ahead, Evelyn. We're gonna, Would you um, do me a favor? I don't understand all these political labels. What Describe briefly, what is socialism? Well, that's the thing, Evelyn. I don't think uh, it means, I know what it means to me, but it's not the same thing that it means to everybody else. And it's, the, it's, a, it's a way of being divisive. Like, I don't even, socialism, there, so I'll tell you what the, there is out there about governments that, have socialist practices. Socialist practices are simply um, projects that are funded by the public. That would include police, fire, you know, those kinds of certain, the roads um, building, those are social services. They are ones that are provided at the expense of the taxpayer to the people who paid the taxes, right? So if you look at Forbes magazine, every year conducts this survey of best companies in which to do business around the world. And so Forbes is a historically very conservative, corporate-minded publication, right? Well, year after year after year, the top 10 of those countries are ones that have the um, largest number of social programs, like what I just described. They have um, health care coverage for everyone. Education is paid for with tax dollars. Um, and retirement is covered by tax dollars. And the reason why this happens whether or not I have no opinion on socialism, because, like I said, I don't know what it means to anyone else but me, because it's right. been so abused. Just like well, what I'm hearing you describe is, is good. Well, yeah, and so what I would socialist countries that, have been like Libyan stuff that provided all this stuff. To yes, the yes. Yes. And so the, oh. these are countries. Well, what's wrong with that? Reason, well, there's nothing. Everything is right like that. But we've been so conditioned to view socialism negatively when, in fact, it is the underpinning of these countries that Forbes magazine identifies as the best countries in which to do business. And the reason why that is 
is because if you think of someone as an entrepreneur, someone who's trying to start their own business, the biggest considerations, the biggest hurdles that they face, especially in the U.S., is that they can't pay for health care. If they need additional training, they can't pay for that. They have to worry about covering their um, retirement. So they have to make money in order to save for retirement. So every possible hurdle is put up for them. They can't afford to pay people because they can't even afford to take care of themselves. When you live in an environment that supports entrepreneurs so that they can get the training that they need, access to the education that's going to support their work, they, they have the security of health care. If they get sick, they can, you know, get the care they need and get back to building their ideas. That's why it works. Right. But yet we are conditioned well, yeah. to imagine socialism as this massive failed experiment that could not be further from the truth. It is always those countries that the U.S. targets specifically for the fact that they are successes. Sure, and, and that's what I look at, at Libya like. You know, when exactly. they destroyed that country and it was like, and they always make up these lies and, and always they got to throw in the sex bit, you know. I mean, in Libya they said that, uh, oh, Gaddafi was feeding Vi- uh, Viagra to his troops so they would go out and rape women. That oh, was one of the things yeah. why we had to attack them, you know, because this was going on, you know. And they destroyed the countries, the socialist right. countries that are providing good for their citizens, you know. And when I see yeah. all this constantly about socialism, socialism, and I'm thinking, well, what the hell is socialism? What, exactly. what is so bad about it? And I was thinking, like you described, a country like Libya, and they use their oil money to provide all these things to their citizens. Right. They use their own well, in this country, the oil industry just themselves. takes all the money. Yeah. 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 It, wow. It, it's yeah. incredible. The U.S. It's destroys just, these countries. So now it's going to try to yes. destroy um, Venezuela. Venezuela. Yes. And I think yep. that, you know, this whole caravan thing is a ploy by the billionaires to uh, gaslight people with these fears of invasion to justify the deployment of U.S. troops inside the U.S. And then meanwhile, Israel is aligning with Ecuador. Israel is doing training with Ecuadorian troops, which has turned into a total military state, as well as Nicaragua and Colombia, where the U.S. is also has puppet regimes that they're, it looks as though they're going to use to attack Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. There is, is, there's not an institution or agency on this planet that can stop us, is there? Can stop the U.S. from doing this all over I, the globe? I, think, I don't think there is an institution or agency, but I do see the collective people mm-hmm. fighting back being able to stop it. I see that as the only thing that will stop it, is that, you know, this growing peace movement and this growing awareness of... Uh, One of the biggest hurdles, Evelyn, I think that we as a world community have faced until now, until very recently at least, until we learned how to use social media in order to get the truth, is that we didn't know who our enemy was. We couldn't name it. I don't know if you, like even a year ago, we were like, 
you know, not sure who we were fighting. We knew the CIA was bad. We knew the FBI was bad. We knew that we had been infiltrated by foreign intelligence agencies from Pakistan and Israel and, you know, all over. But yet we're like, who do, who are we fighting? Right. We didn't know who to go after. That's changed. And that's really very powerful that we can now name the enemy, which is this Zionist movement, which is nothing to do with Judaism or Jews. It's it's a British colonial, um, you know, terrorist campaign that has been going on for centuries. And it's just now veiled in the Jewish religion in order to protect it from criticism. And we see that going on with all the censorship and and the targeting of anyone who dares criticize Israel as being anti-Semitic, when nothing could be further from the truth. So um, I think that's that's really now where we are in that we we know the enemy, and now, you know, look at all these false flags have really slowed down, like, um, the attempt yeah. to frame others with frame Assad, for example, with chemical attacks, we've really, I think, been effective in sabotaging those efforts through just constant bombardment of fact and reminding people over and over and over again of these patterns that we see play out, you know, just a different day, different target, you know. So um, right. I, I think we've made real progress there. Well, I think we're, we're getting a lot more attention to what's going on in Yemen. Um, and, yes. you know, and, and the media reports are saying right out it's U.S. funded, you know. Yes, because and we it forced is. them to. We've, yeah. 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 You know, and it was a while back, it probably was three months back, maybe two, that um, I think it was MSNBC. One of the mainstream media had had that porn pig Stormy Daniels or, or a lawyer on their show. It was like 300 and some times in a certain matter of time. Not one right. report on Yemen, what's going on in Yemen, yep. you know. Yep. And, and and like now, uh, Trump, you know, he says, well, he, he's calling for a ceasefire in Yemen and stuff. And then he, then today there was an article out that said, uh, oh, the Saudi Arabians don't know how to use the weapons. That's why why this massacre happened right. in, in the summer of, of uh, Yemenis. And it was like, oh, really, Trump? They don't know how to use yeah. these weapons, and you're going to blame it on that, that we give them? We sell them to carry well, out this genocide, blame it because the Saudi Arabians don't know how to use these weapons. Uh, well, the, the so convenient facts, the facts that he conveniently omitted, which is where we always get screwed, is with the lies of omission, is the fact that those Saudi pilots firing the missiles on school buses and fish markets right. and maternity wards are trained yeah, 40 children by the U.S. One- military. Right, and they and are given are those coordinates to fire on by the U.S. military. Yep, and then the U.S. Navy has the blockade set up outside of Yemen, yep. blocking their supplies and medical supplies and everything. You know that yep. it's just so atrocious. And us Americans sit here and watch this, and we can't stop it. Well, I am so ashamed. We are making progress. We are making progress. He had to address it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he even had to comment on it is significant when you think about it. And if we just keep hammering away, at, you know, you're not dodging this. You can't blame them. The, the U.S. is directly responsible for these atrocities, exactly. and we just can't exactly. let them. We, 
we give Saudi Arabia all this money and we sell them all these weapons and then we turn around and say, well, they did this because they don't know how to use the weapons. Right. Oh, it's ludicrous. It's, it's just utter oh. nonsense. Like, what kind of yeah. leadership is that <laughs> anyway, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because how long have we been given Saudi? Well, how long have they been? Well, they've been bombing Yemen since when? I can't even keep track of all of them. I can't even keep track of all of it. You know, Syria, since 2011, we've been bombing them. Um, all these countries, I can't even keep track of it. How yeah, many and, times and we attack them? And it was in 2015, the same year when Saudi Arabia invaded, that the Yemeni government, well, first the Houthis, which are, again, used as, they're painted as a terrorist group. They are not, and they are used as a pretext for the genocide there. Well, the Houthis are a native, they are an indigenous group that um, legitimately negotiated their 20% representation in the Yemeni government in 2015. The same time that the Houthis negotiated that, Yemeni people decided that 30% of their cabinet posts as well as 30% of their parliamentary seats should go to women. The, the Saudi Arabian you know, monarchy was still deciding whether or not to let women drive, yet they're right. telling us that Yemen is the threat. Yemen is the threat, so. the poorest country in the goddamn world. But it's a yeah. threat. To who? That's that wants to make sure women get representation in their government to ensure that you know people are served well by it, but they get the ball. Oh, and, and so we starve the children. We see the pictures. I mean, there's probably no Americans yes. out there now that haven't seen the pictures of Yemen or with starving them to death for, yes, for the whole it's world. No to different watch. than when what we were told about the Jewish Holocaust. It is a Holocaust nonetheless, and the images are no less graphic and, and, you know, horrifying. Sure. And, and, you know, there's reports out now that the United States has killed 20 million people since since World War II has stopped. You know, this is ongoing genocide, constant genocide all over the globe the U.S. is carrying out. And us taxpayers that are funding it all can't stop them. I don't know why somebody hasn't bombed this country. I'm not kidding you. I'm not. Kidding. I don't know why somebody hasn't taken this country out. It's destroying well, the whole you know, world with our tax and dollars. Evelyn, and I'll tell you, I think, you know, what we see happening is that historically, when you look back, these revolutions have often been lost in the long run. They've rarely want, been won long term, and they're often incredibly bloody. And so what I see happening, though, is China and Russia, we've talked about, is is, is taking out the U.S. as the imperialist terrorist that we've been these last, you know, couple hundred years. And they're doing it through nonviolent means, which, you know, again, all you have to do is look at Russia's weapons development contrasted with U.S. weapons development to see who is the terrorist. Our weapons development is all around maximum carnage and, you know, slaughter. The Russians focus on minimizing casualties and death. And so that's what they're doing now with their move together with China to 
um, displace the U.S. petrodollar, and they are well on their way to doing that very um, successfully. And not only that, they they've got this gold-backed currency that they're building and very near ready to launch. All you need is about 40% reserves and to which would so what that means is you would have gold valued at about 40% of the total amount of currency that you want to print and circulate in the economy. So they are very very near reaching those goals in order to launch this um this currency. In addition, they built this financial clearinghouse network. The U.S. has one. It's called SWIFT, and it is the system through which every single financial transaction around the globe passes. So the U.S. has access to all that data. So not only do they get the money from um, processing those transactions, they have all the intel that is provided by that. Well, uh, very smartly, Russia has developed an alternative to that clearinghouse. And not only that, their clearinghouse now has more traffic than the U.S. clearinghouse. So, and meanwhile, we see Saudi Arabia, you know, Venezuela um, said they were no longer going to trade their oil, which is significant on the global markets um, in U.S. dollars. When, when did they announce that, Trish? When did this they announce that? Back in September of 2017, I believe, or the fall of 2017. And it was right at the time the CIA set up their operations there to overthrow the government in response to that. Well, since then, China just notified Saudi Arabia in the last week. So this is very recent. And China buys about 40% of Saudi Arabia's total oil production. Okay. So Saudi Arabia has no negotiating power with China. China dictates how they're going to buy that oil. Well, China just notified. that must be a lot of oil, huh, that they buy? It is a lot. Yeah. Um, But so now China is no had told Saudi Arabia they're not paying for that oil in U.S. dollars anymore. They're going to pay for it in yuan. The entire foundation upon which Saudi Arabia was built is that petrodollar. Okay. And it's being completely it's being systematically marginalized as the uh, world currency and uh, down with the petrodollar will go the Saudi Arabian monarchy and with the Saudi Arabian monarchy goes Israel's only ally in that region and with Saudi Arabia's monarchy dying goes the US's only Muslim ally in the region oh, really? so that weakens us significantly the US is being destroyed the, these leaders I mean, and it's going to hurt us for sure, but it's necessary. I mean, it has to happen, but it's nonviolent and it's not counterproductive. You know, the U.S. goes into these countries deliberately attempting to starve and harm the civilian population in order to um, coerce them into backing these fake civil wars. 
like in Syria and Libya and Iraq and um, the fake one in Iran. People are not uprising in Iran. Um, right. So, but the mainstream media do, puts out that propaganda that they are to make yes, people think exactly. that we need to and, help and, them. <laughs> yep. And it's all the people who have controlling interests in the, you know, mining companies and the oil companies right. and uh, others that exploit those nations that are the ones in control of the media. So, of course, we're going to get, you know, a steady stream of lies to justify what's going on. Sure. And all of our politicians in office, about 90 percent of them are involved in this in this dark arms running. You know, and we're just we're just supplying weapons to everybody in all the wars. Yep. And the, the politicians don't want to stand because they're making so much money on these illegal yep. wars that they wage selling their weapons, you know, undercover. The corrupt bastards, yep. this is what they're doing. And this is why we can't stop this. Because all the politicians are invested in keeping these wars going. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, and meanwhile, one of the things that explains the um, escalation in censorship is that uh, Al Jazeera had done this undercover um, re- investigation of the Israeli lobby in the U.S and can and um great britain and this they filmed it in 2016 they finished the production in october of 2017 and the israeli lobby um, managed to shut down release of the documentary so it never aired the documentary exposing the israeli lobby was shut down by the israeli lobby i mean the irony is incredible but um Somehow, Electronic Intifada, another publication, an alternative publication, got a hold of two segments of the documentary and has released them just in the last week. And they could not be more damning. And it, 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 it spells out, it shows how they pay off the politicians. They use like a hand, they'll get 20 different credit cards. And they'll say, you know, you can, there's $1,000 on each of these credit cards that you can spend and nobody can trace it. We just need you to, um, you know, I sponsor this, this uh, event at a local university or write a paper about, they do it with professors, they do it with community organization leaders. I mean, they buy off everybody. And this, this yeah expose walks through the ways that they do it and they have people on tape explaining how they do it so it it, really this is a big deal that it got out and it's it's something i really hope gets circulated widely on um social media because it it, yeah where can we find that suitable what's that where can we find that documentary where can we find that documentary that you're describing if you search electronic intifada and the uh, Israeli lobby, I think that's how... I'm going to look it up on my um, laptop right now to see how to pull it up. So uh, the Israeli, Israeli lobby does this, gives out these credit cards to people to bribe them with and everything. How much money are we giving to the Israelis every year? Yeah, so they just... One of the things that's discussed in this documentary that was leaked is the $38 billion just in military aid 
that is going to Israel for the next 10 years. It's almost $4 billion a year just in military aid. That does not include, you know, billions of other types of aid. We fund the Israelis' um, cradle-to-grave health care, lifetime education costs. Oh, really? And, and, And Yes. They get on-demand abortion. We give our tax dollars to them to fund their health care and their education? Yes. When we don't get it here? Yes. Oh, Jesus. This is yes. all so insane. It's just insane. It really is. It really is. I, I mean, it, it, but that's how powerful that lobby is. I mean, um, uh, it, it really could... It couldn't. It couldn't be more. And then, and then, this three point eight billion dollars a year is used then to pay minders on social thousands of minders on social media to monitor all of us for BDS activity and to smear us for daring to oppose Israeli apartheid. You know, we boycotted South Africa for apartheid. We certainly didn't send them billions of dollars every year in order to oppress the people that they were brutalizing. I mean, it's just... Whatever happened with... uh, I thought the prime minister of um, Israel was in trouble, him and his wife. They are, but they, you know, again... He, the corrupting influences are just so very powerful. He, in February, his own police chiefs unanimously recommended he be indicted on corruption charges. And the, his wife is, I don't, I cannot find anything about what the status of the trial is um, today, but about two weeks ago, a trial started in which Netanyahu's wife was being uh, charged with um, corruption herself. So, right. um, you know, he's not thing anymore. at home. He's very weak at home in a lot of ways. Yeah, but this is the thing anymore. These politicians get in trouble right while they're in office, and nothing gets done about it. They just remain in office. I mean, we got over here in New Jersey, I say that Menendez, the pedophile, they're going to elect him back into office. I mean, this yep. is so insane that our politicians now can be in the biggest trouble and they remain in office. Yep. Yep. Well, the, I mean, again, remember um, the Electoral Integrity Project in 2015 did a study that was published in 2016 um, by Harvard University, which showed it ranked um, the U.S. along with, I think, I think there were about 173 countries altogether that were ranked for their electoral integrity. And they were given a score based on different aspects of the electoral process that was, you know, the, the, each of which got their own score and then were added up to a cumulative score. And out of, I believe it was 50-something countries, Western countries that are peers of the U.S., the U.S. ranked dead last for electoral integrity. Not only did it rank dead last among Western nations for electoral integrity, it scored so low that it ranked behind Rwanda, Tunisia, and Brazil for electoral integrity. 
So I mean, then, that's almost comical you, to hear, you, you know. It's, it's a joke. Um, and then the Pew, Pew did a survey just uh, within the last week of Americans regarding their confidence in the U.S. electoral process. It was 8%. Right. 8% believe in our electoral process. <laughs> and yet they still not vote, though. <laughs> yet they vote. Yet they vote, yeah. I'm not. I'm not voting. I wouldn't. I wouldn't vote for any corrupt politician in this country for nothing. And in pots on the ballot in Wisconsin this year, so I would have wanted to go and vote, but I'm not. I'm not. Well, the thing is that you know anyone who you cannot survive in that environment without being corrupted, no. and we right. see it over and over and over again. Either these candidates just say what we want to hear in order to get into office. And just as we saw with Donald Trump, they, they do these tests in the, on social media to see how people react. And they're like, okay, people like that. So we want you to say that. They don't mean it yeah. at all. They just are Satan reciting lines that they are told and is evidence that Americans respond to. So if, if they don't get into office by simply lying, they may get in, they may get elected because they mean what they say, but by the time they get to Congress, we know for a fact numerous congressional representatives have told us specifically that as soon as they show up there, they are sat down with a group of people who ask, you know, what their loyalty to Israel is, and if they do not pledge it at that time, they will lose their next election. That, that lobby will fund a um, competitor, and they will make sure that person does not get reelected, and they do everything in their power to, you know, censor and um, marginalize those people until that next election. So it, there is no way, and even if you think about it, if one or two people could get in there and could actually advocate for us, what the hell can right. one or two people do in a Congress of 540? You're, well, you uh, know, look at Rand I, I Paul. Not, Rand Paul. Yeah. Rand yeah. Paul called out the um, Saudi Arabia and, like, nothing's happening. He's a good guy, but nothing, he cannot affect change by himself. No. no. What, you know, I'm, I guess I'm totally naive about politics and whatever. What has Israel got on us? Why is Israel so powerful? They just manage, they spy. They've been given carte blanche yeah. to spy on us. And so they can always find either, either they bribe you, which I, you know, we talked about with that electronic intifada um, release of Al Jazeera's documentary. You know, they, they either get bribed, their kid is sick, they need a, a um, organ transplant. I, I've seen this actually, I've worked in private equity. And mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you that this is how that works. You, your child wants to go to an exclusive boarding school. Your child comes down with cancer and needs access to, you know, the best cancer treatment. Um, you, uh, your son is trying to launch a business and could use a couple good clients to get him off the ground. It works. That's how a lot of people are brought on board. The vast majority are brought on board with that. 
and they don't even recognize how did Israel get this powerful to begin with in this country? How did this happen? What's that? How did Israel get this powerful to begin with in this country? How did this happen? Infiltration. There's this program called the Tau Piat program, where back in the um, <clears throat> well, it, it started officially. It was a, that's it's a technology. There's a technology aspect that's the digital spying that they use in this Tau Piat. But when it was initially conceived. It was at the time the CIA was created. That was the Israeli infiltration of the U.S., was the CIA. Okay. So back in 1947, basically. That's when the CIA yes. started, isn't it? Okay. And so that, that's, that was that the is, ticket. Yes. The CIA. And, wow. Yes. And from there, they infiltrated the FBI because remember, um, what's his name? The head of the FBI. He was a, he dressed up you in look- women's clothes. How easy would it be to blackmail somebody in that? Position oh, you you mean uh, you mean um, um, what the heck's his name? Uh, I'm t- trying to think of his name. The FBI um, that was a gay guy. That's who yes. you're that's who you're describing, right? Uh, Hoover. Yes. Hoover. J. Edgar I, Hoover. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him? So that's how they started. Yeah. Yes. Got him. That's the guy that, that was blackmailing everybody in this country, you know, then the Israelis got him? Yes. Black, black you, you think about oh, the FBI boy. and what the, F- the FBI is doing yeah. the same things the CIA does. It's all like manufactured right. terrorists, false flags, and framing people. And, you know, they, they're doing nothing to protect the U.S. or us. They're very much a part of that, you know, organization that's protecting those rat lines now. And and it started with sure. J. Edgar Hoover being corrupted, and there and then he leveraged the whole organization on behalf of Israel. He was the head of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and and switching into our other topic, I mean, Americans don't understand that that our government is committing genocide on all of us as we speak right now with all the yeah. um. The toxic foods, the GMO foods, the most part is the chemtrail spraying. You know, they're, they're spraying us in, in it's so bad in weather warfare being used against us. This is genocide in this country. And these vaccines, they keep pushing on our children that are poisoning our children and killing many of them. That this yeah. is genocide in this country, undercover, but it's right in front of our noses what they're doing to us. Our water right. is all poisoned. Um, you know, they're poisoning us in this country and committing genocide in a hundred different ways. Right under our noses, the Americans are so mind-controlled, they don't even get it. Yeah. No, it's the boiling I mean, frog syndrome. I mean, they, they do it just enough so that we don't, you know, yeah. directly connect the two, you know, one with the other. And um, and with the vaccines, like you said, you know, the, oh. the not only... So not only are these vaccines, though, claimed to be perfectly safe by any doctor you ask, who has absolutely no data to back that up, though they state it quite confidently, should you ask, um, you know, Robert F. Kennedy just got the response from his FOIA request to the Department of Health and Human Services that, as you point out, Evelyn, the the point at which they were granted, these vaccine companies were granted immunity was when the Health and Human Services was supposed to conduct biennial surveys of the safety studies 
um, for the past 30 years. And we come to find out they have not done a single goddamn one. Not, not a one single one. Review. Yep. Yep. And claimed yep. all along that these <sighs> were perfectly yeah. safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, and by one year old in America, children are getting 26 vaccines. It's horrifying. Poisoning these children right in front of our eyes. And, and I mean, I have been screaming about this since 2004. I mean, I, I've explained on other um, on other radio shows how I got involved in this. I started writing about uh, the pharmaceutical industry. I was writing about, in fact, it was when they were, were passing that uh, Medicare prescription drug bill, you know. And so right. people would see me writing these articles on the Internet, and they would send me emails, you know, and ask me to investigate things. Well, what I called the autism moms, I'd call them started sending me emails and asking me to investigate the link between vaccines and autism, you know. And I told them that, um, I thought about it and I told them that I, I did this a part-time job. I was working a day job at Dayton Daily News, so I was putting out these articles at night. And um, on the weekends, I was working on them and putting them on the Internet, you know. And I was putting out articles that Dayton Daily News didn't know. You know, I would have gotten in trouble if, if they would have caught me what I was doing, but they didn't catch me. But anyhow, so I told them, I, I don't have the time to investigate this. I said, the only thing I know about autism was watching Rain Man. I said, I had never heard of autism, you know, and everything. So they're telling me there's this epidemic of autism spreading across the country, and it's from vaccines, you know. So they had sent me several emails, and I got thinking about it when I'm walking around at work, and I thought, well, just do a Google check and, and just to see if there really is an autism epidemic, you know. So I went on the Internet, and, and it didn't take me but a day to know that there was, you know. So then I, so then I thought, well, I'm going to investigate this, you know. So then I went to the, um, the school pages across the country and found out in different states how much um, they were having to spend on special education classes, and it was because of autism epidemic, you know. And it was like, my God, it's true. It is all across the country. You know, I went and looked up the statistics and stuff. So then I thought, well, I'll go to the CDC. And this is before I knew how corrupt they were. And I thought, I'll go to the CDC and see what they say is happening here. You know, so I go there. Right. Well, this is what turned my whole mind on it all. The CDC told me there was no epidemic, that autism has always been here, that we just didn't know it. It went undiagnosed. It was like, what? And so it was like, get like, out of here. How come I don't here. remember any and, of those kids growing up myself? Oh, exactly. See, I never that met was them. me. I grew up in a town of 2,000 people. And we went to the same school from kindergarten to the 12th grade, you know. And in that school, we had an ungraded room. That was for kids that had um, uh, cerebral palsy or Down syndrome or something, you know. Right. And we knew everybody right. in that school. You know, and so right. by this time, I had watched um, videos of autistic kids and saw how violent they get and everything, and I and I found out that um, they hardly ever get trained, so they're always pooping their pants and stuff. Right. And I found in one state that the schools were um, objecting because it was costing them so much for pampers and stuff for the autistic kids that they thought parents should have to pay for those and everything. And so it was like the CDC saying that is what turned my whole mind on it, that it was true, because I thought of that school I grew up in, and we would have known if there was one kid in that school that pooped their pants in school. We would have known. Right. I mean, kids right. are cruel. You know, there wasn't any such thing. There were no autistic kids. So then I thought, well, well, wait a minute. Then if they've always been there, where are they now? Where are the kids right. in Niagara now that are autistic as adults? Well, there weren't any. Right. You know, 
so it was like then I knew. So then I went investigating, and, and um, the same thing. I, if I would have got caught publishing this stuff on the internet, these articles about the, the vaccine industry causing the autism epidemic, I would have got fired in a minute. You know, but um, the more I investigated, the more I was sure. You know, and and it was, and so now I probably wrote. Oh, I probably wrote between ten and twenty articles on that subject alone. And to tell you the truth, I had to do all that work, that investigating and researching and writing for free, because no, no, even alternative media's wouldn't have published those articles. Again, that well, you know, were causing this autism yeah, epidemic. So I had to publish all them for free to get this word yeah, out. I'm, and I finally put the Daily News. Because I wanted to publish an article on autism. I knew that they would never let me say the vaccines were causing it. I knew this. But I just wanted to get the article about autism out there because I knew there was more people like me that didn't know anything about this was going on. Right. So I did this great article and I interviewed this family with this little autistic boy and everything. They never published that article. And I quit. That was the last straw. It was like, we need to get the word out that this is happening. So this is happening in 2004 What, what year was that, Evelyn? <clears throat> that was 2004 and 2005. I started putting out articles. Well, do you remember? Well, wasn't, so wasn't it Dr. William Thompson, I believe, from the CDC, who asked, yeah, the, in 2004, I believe it was, said that that's when this um, Sanofi DTaP uh, vaccine was introduced and that he found in his studies definitive connection between that vaccine and autism. And it was at that time that the, the seat head of the CDC, Christine something or other. Uh, um, can you hear me now? Oh, dear. It's time to oh. end the show already. Oh, oh wow. wow. Sorry about that. Well, thanks. For, well, we got so caught up in the world events, but... Um, Thank you so much, Trish, for, for explaining all this to us. Oh, sure, Evelyn, and I'll, I'll be happy to be back next week. We'll cover the vaccine stuff then. We'll get to Okay, it. thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life Cause I can't stop